You're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. I don't know how many times I have preached from this particular text every, every year probably as, as I have been a pastor because it's such an important text for the church to engage. And, and it's Acts chapter 1. Let's begin to read there. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Now, now listen to that. After he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I mean, those are important words. He's speaking to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, that's an, that's an important word. He gave them this command. He did, it's not like, oh, and by the way, this might be a good thing. Or if you want this, this might be a good thing to do. He gives them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about, which the Gospels, Luke, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all have references to Jesus talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, and those kinds of things. You have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You have heard those words since you started going to church. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now let's pray together and ask God the Holy Spirit to help us to understand, to hear and to speak what He's trying to communicate to us through this text. Father, we pray this morning for the help of the Spirit of God to be able to hear and to speak the things that the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to us today. These were words spoken 2,000 years ago approximately. And they are still so vibrantly true today. How desperately we need the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we pray today, give us the anointing and the unction, both in our hearing and our speaking, so that the word of the Lord can be engaged and received and acted upon. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In some of your Bibles, when you look at, at the book of Acts, it might say the Acts of the Apostles. Mine just says... Acts. And uh, uh, it's, it's commonly taught that really, if, if uh, with some hindsight, it may should have been called the Acts of God. 
Because that is what's taking place, and that's what needs to be taking place. God needs to be moving and acting in our world and in our lives. And, and I, I was thinking, uh, maybe this morning, last night, I've been mulling over this, thinking on this, praying over this, uh, and, it, and it occurred to me, is there anything, is there anything that happens among us that we couldn't just do anyway? Think about it. I mean, if God, if, there, if God wasn't even in, the, even in the universe, is there anything we're doing that we couldn't just do anyway? In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, it wasn't that they were doing stuff. It was that God was accomplishing things. God was on the move. God was, God was acting in their world, and He was manifesting Himself in their world. How desperately we need that. Now, when God moves on the scene, when God is acting in the world, does not mean that things are going to be all peaceful and lovey-dovey. They weren't then, and they won't be now. Because we live in a sin-cursed world, we have an enemy and we have a host of, of demonic forces, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God is, God, there, nothing is outside of his, of his grasp, nothing is outside of his reign, nothing is outside of his rule. So God is on the moving, God is acting, and he can act here today and now. But what, 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 what was on, uh, so contingent upon, and, and among other things, is that... Uh, obedience and response obedience and response so what is happening in the book of acts as you read down through the books of acts and i'm pretty sure almost everyone here today is is somewhat if not real familiar with the activity that's taking place in the book of acts where god is is moving and stirring and people are getting saved uh, things are happening, but it is. But if you if you read the book and you hear it with new ears, you see that it is that God has raised Jesus from the dead. The disciples didn't get around and 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 uh, come up with a big prayer thing and some say some incantations and read psalms. God raised Jesus from the dead. God the Holy Spirit showed up on the day of Pentecost. The Ethiopian was reading the Word of God and was convicted by the Spirit of God, and, and God rescued him, and, and, and he was saved on that day. Philip was sent... Now, now, just think about this, and you can think in your own mind the things that you remember reading in the book of Acts. Philip was, was translated, or moved, or in some mysterious, miraculous kind of way, transported uh, uh, to speak and to be an evangelist for, the, for, for God. It was Stephen, it says, Stephen, full of faith... And of the Holy Spirit. This is key. Uh, Stephen, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, spoke powerfully so that they could not resist his words. It wasn't that he was speaking and, and they couldn't resist his words. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And because he was filled with the Spirit of God, those who were hearing could not resist his words. It says of Peter. It wasn't that, that Peter was the most eloquent excuse me, highly, um, highly educated one of the group and the most eloquent, what it says of Peter is that Peter, on the day of Pentecost, full of the Holy Spirit, spoke. And the people, 3,000, were converted in a single day. Not because Peter was eloquent, not because he had, you know, a Ph.D. degree. It's because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moved through Peter, and 3,000 people came to faith in that one day. Are you kind of getting the picture? See, see, if God's not acting, nothing's happening. 
Peter could have spoken and then been killed. Just like that. Now we know he was eventually killed. So I want you to get that. Just because God is acting, God is moving, doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. We know that Peter was killed. Jesus was killed. Paul was killed. It doesn't mean things are going to be all smooth. I, I, I'm afraid in our Western culture, in our, in our Western kind of Christianity kind of thing, we, if, we just, if, we just live, if we just live for God, God will act and God will move and God will save us from all our troubles. Jesus plainly said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. The world might take your life, but God, can, God will rescue you. It can't kill your soul. It can't take your life in, in an ultimate sense. So what is happening on the, on when the day of, well, what Jesus is saying is that uh, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what is going on is that, is, is that they, are, they are living in such a way, they are doing things, and they are accomplishing things far greater than they could do if they were just being, acting, and doing, and trying to accomplish stuff. And we absolutely get worn out trying to be something, trying to do something, trying to accomplish something for God without the Spirit of God. There's a song we used to sing back in the day, is little is much if God is in it. Little is much. If, God, if, God, if God's not in it, it's just so much activity. So it's very very important. So, so what we can take from this at least is that is we recognize that God is on the move and we need God at move in our lives. We need God. And, and, and that's so easy to say yes. I mean, that, of course, of course you need God to move in your life. But there are, there are reasons why he is not moving in our life. There is a reason why uh, more and more people fall from faith. And, and there is like, a, like an overall general spiritual sickness in, in our culture, in our atmosphere. So we need to understand that, that we make ourselves available to God and then let Him do what He wants to do as we make ourselves available to Him. So this is, you know, some, we have this saying, <clears throat> let go and let God. Th- that is so true. I mean, it's a statement, and we all know it, and probably we've all said it. But it's so, I'm trying to look for a place I can lay this thing without having to bend down every single time. But I don't want to do that. Is this thing insured? Oh, very, very good. That's why I have a wife. She thinks of stuff. Very, very good. I mean, I, I saw that right there, but nothing inside of me said, hey, go get that stool. That'll work. Very, very good. I'm glad I have a wife. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Say amen, somebody. All right, so now what's going on? This is just so amazing. This text is so rich and it's so helpful. If God will help me to speak it and and help you to listen to this poor speak. It's so powerful. It's so, so, so beautiful. And it's so helpful. And what's going on here is this big contrast between what Jesus is trying to tell them and what they're hearing. What Jesus is trying to tell them and what they're hearing. It is not the same thing. And so many times the Word speaks and, and, and we do not hear what the Word speaks. We hear what we want to hear. That's just the way that it happens. Unless we have a really deep hunger for God and are willing to just lay our life down and let God move through our life, even if it means we die. Even if that's what it means. 
Even if it means that we have to go to a cross, we just try to follow him. So, uh, it's so interesting. Jesus says, now listen, I'm going to give you this command. Well, he, he didn't say that. He, he gave them this command. It was implicit in his words. Listen, I want you to, you're going to receive the promise of my Father. I'm going to pray the Father. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. But don't just leave this place. Don't just go out and try to do the things I've asked you to do. You stay in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Don't teach any classes. Don't start a crusade. Don't teach a Bible verse. Don't have a rally. You stay put. So many times we try to do it in our own strength. And what happens is not good. I want to amen right there. We try to do it in our own strength and almost it is just not good. It's, it's just us showing up. And, and when we show up, when Brent just shows up in the flesh, that's not a good thing. You wouldn't want to see that. You wouldn't want to be around that. And, and, and likewise, for all of us, when, when we show up in the flesh and we act out of the flesh, it is not pretty. I was hoping for a more amen than that, but it's just not. So Jesus is telling you, you wait till the promise of the Father. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't go out and start doing these things. You stay put until you are filled. How many times do we come just to worship service and we're nowhere near filled than what? Come up with your own metaphor or analogy. But Jesus, Jesus says, don't, don't, don't leave this place until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I venture to say we don't even really kind of almost don't even know what that is. I'm serious. I don't think we know what that is. I mean, very, very few know what that is because we have, we, we've left that behind. I don't know how. I don't know exactly what, but we've kind of left that behind in, 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 in spirit and in action, and in word, and in deed, and all the other things. Oh, we still have deeds and words and actions, but the baptism and the anointing of the Spirit is very, very hard to find. And that is, that's, that's an indictment of the entire, uh, at least Western church. I, I talk to pastors from other denominations, and they talk about the absence of the activity of the Spirit of God among them. Whether it's from a, a more, what we might call more liberal tradition, or a very, very conservative tradition. Across the board. Because there are reasons for that. And I want to get there uh, as we move right along. So the disciples have been told by Jesus, he's been raised from the dead. He's you know, it's sort of coming together for them again. He's raised from the dead. You know, what, what, are, what are the Pharisees going to do? How is, how is Caesar going to deal with this guy? Um, you know, we got this resurrected Messiah. Now he's going to do what we want him to do. Notice the emphasis of that sin. Now he can do what we want him to do. And so that's exactly where they go. And they ask him the question. Now, I don't know if there's other stuff that was said in between there, but Luke says, I laid out very carefully the words of Jesus and what Luke gives to us as he is writing very, very carefully. He's a trained writer, uh, a trained thinker. He's a doctor. They call him Dr. Luke. So he's writing very carefully. He leaves no transition between Jesus' statement and their question. Jesus' statement is, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Uh, A question might be like, what's that going to be like? What's that going to feel like? Um... 
How long are we going to have to wait for that? I mean, those would be like questions you might ask after a, a statement like that, wouldn't you think? But no, no, no. They go, no, okay, oh, Jesus, uh, now to our point. When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See how they just went, here's what he spoke. He's getting ready to leave. And, and they totally don't hear what he said. Because their brain is so occupied, their mind is so occupied by their agenda, they're not hearing what he's saying. And they go straight to, now are you going to do what, you, what we want you to do? I mean, you really blew our mind when you died. But now we've seen you. you I mean, we, you are here. Even Thomas, doubting Thomas, believes now. We're all here. We're all together. Are you going to do it now? Because this is what we've been taught all our life. This is what we're looking for. Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Can you imagine? How many of you guys, you t- your teachers, you spent all week teaching your class a particular subject or a date you really want them to remember? And you spent all week and you've said it over and over again. And now you come up to, you know, Friday, and you're getting ready to go. And you say, class, uh, what is the date of such and such? And they look at you like, what date? What are you talking about? It's like, I spent all week trying to tell you, and you, you didn't even hear it at all. That's us. Notice where my fingers are pointing. So Jesus says to them, guys. Now I'm going to do a little ad-libbing, of course. Guys. You want to know about all these questions. But, listen. You're not going to know that. You're not going to know that. Let me say it again. You're not going to know that. And, and, and I just want you to just don't even go there. Don't even go there. I want, you to, I want you to focus in what I'm trying to tell you because what I'm trying to tell you is going to make the difference between you evangelizing the world and you just having a club. So, you're not going to know times and dates when, 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 uh, uh, and seasons when, when God restores all things. You're just not going to know that. So, I want you to focus on what I'm trying to tell you. You ever feel like the Spirit of God whispers to you? No, no. Uh, Terry, I'm going to use this phrase, which I've heard you use before, suck in some oxygen. Because what happens is the synapses stop firing and we're not engaging anymore because our brain goes numb. So I'm, I'm saying all that so you like re-engage for a minute. How many times has the Holy Spirit whispered that's the important word. Didn't shout, didn't scream, didn't crush your world. Whispered, your, your focus is not on the right thing right now. And see, it's a, it's a gentle voice. It's a very quiet voice that speaks inside and says, I know you feel strong about that, but I want you to focus somewhere else. And it could be any numbers of things. It could be like, I want to buy a new house. And you're really, really engaged with that. And all of your passions and all your energies go to accomplishing that purpose. Or, excuse me, or I really want a new job. And all of your life and all of your energy and all of your worry and all of your concern goes to that. Or it could be any numbers of things. I mean, you just name it. Whatever's going on in your world. And you get really honed in and really focused on that. And the Spirit of God just whispers, 
I know that's a concern to you. I know that's important in your life. But I want you to focus over here. And that is so hard to give up because this is what I want. This is my passion. This is where I want to go. But I want you to come over here. We have misdirected focus. And the reason we know that they had a misdirected focus because it says, so they ask him. So when it says the word they ask him, it is in the imperfect tense. And what that means for all of you English people, that I, I know, I saw it happen. The tingly things went right down your spine when I said the imperfect tense. That just made chills go all over the room. What that means is, is they were impetuous. What it means is, they ask him over and over. And you can see it, it's like a parent going on a trip and the, and, and the kid in the back, and I've done it myself, I, I, have, vivid, I have memories of doing this or, or hearing it done. Because, uh, see, we had this big yellow station wagon when, 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 when we were little, a big old yellow nine-passenger station wagon. And so my, my brother and I always sat in the back, looking back. So we, we didn't know where we were going. We were just, we were going to go such and such a place. So we were looking backwards, and everybody else was looking forward and having a conversation up there. We're looking backwards, and so it was very obvious, very common that my brother, Mike, or I, one of us would say, are we there yet? We can only see where we've been. We don't know where we're going. Are we there yet? So we'd ask that question. Mom said, my mom would say, we'll let you know. You don't have to ask that anymore. That's what the disciples were doing. After Jesus had told them, stay in Jerusalem, tarry there, wait there, do not leave until you receive the promise of the Father. And they were saying, well, are you going to restore Israel now? Well, are you going to restore Israel now? Well, are you going to restore Israel now? They kept saying that. They, it was... They just kept saying it like a child would ask, where are we going? Are we there yet? Are we almost there? How much longer we got to go? And so Jesus finally said in a kind of a, I would think, it doesn't say this, but in a strong term kind of like, guys, that's none of your business. You're not going to know that. Your focus is all the stuff. I want you to focus on what I'm trying to tell you. And what I'm trying to tell you is that you will be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, then you'll be my witness. But if you're not filled with the Spirit, you're not going to be witnessing very well about me. And, and I can see Peter. He, met, he didn't say it out loud, but you can kind of conjecture. Well, we've been waiting all our life. We followed you for three years, and, and our whole thing was that you're going, to, you're going to restore Israel, so when are you going to do it? The implication of when is, are you going to do it now? You see how it's all just all focused in on what they're focused in on. And Jesus said, please, your focus is wrong. Your, your emphasis is wrong. Get it, get it over here, guys. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Tarry and wait until you receive the promise of the Father, until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you will be my witnesses. And if you go on out of here and if you try to rescue Jerusalem, if you try to preach, it's not going to be good because you're going to be doing it on your own strength, on your own power, on your own initiatives, on your own resources, on your own gifting, and it's not going anywhere. So stay until you receive the promise of of the Father. Now, now, almost always do you never do anything right now. I said almost always because there may be an occasion like 
If a bomb is down to like two seconds, yeah, you better run now. So there are occasions when now is, is you, you better get on with it. But for most things, now is not a good time. Unless it's salvation. The Bible plainly says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. But with so many of our other decisions, right now is not a God kind of time. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in just a minute. <clears throat> now is the pattern of this world. You, 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 you watch TV this afternoon, or if you, yesterday or tomorrow, you're going to see a commercial, and it's going to say, you need this right now. You need to act right now. You only have until the end of the day to act. That's not a godly pattern. That's not a godly thing. The godly pattern over and over again. Okay, I've been talking fast, and it may be hard to listen to, but I want to just slow down. And I've said it before, and you've said it before. Jesus said to his young disciples, Wait. Wait. Jesus and fasted and prayed 40 days in the wilderness. The disciples waited for 10 days. And it says, it says that they were in the temple continually. It means if they weren't, if they weren't uh, uh, together uh, in, in whoever's house they happened to be in, they were at the temple worshiping and praising God. And it took 10 days of that. And then they would, when, when, once the temple shut down, they would go back to this place where they were staying and, the, and they, would, they would give themselves to, to prayer and to the, the, the teaching and to praise. And they did that for 10 days. And it took 10 days for finally the day of Pentecost to show up. And they were filled. And you can look at the biblical pattern over and over again. It is almost never immediately. There is a step. There is a process. Even Naaman of the Old Testament, had to go dip seven times in the muddy Jordan River. Why not one time? I don't know why. But there is this thing that is operating in God's economy that he insists. And I, and I, 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 I step back from that word just a little bit because sometimes you can't put God in a box. He does what he wants to do. But, but the pattern is, the, the observation from Scripture and from most people's lives is, you have to tarry and you have to wait for the filling. But we are a busy culture. We are a very busy culture. We want it right now. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like being a dead horse, but like, like there's instant grits and instant oatmeal and instant mashed potatoes. There should be a law against instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, I just said last week, I confess to you, I really, really like um, Chick-fil-A. Peach milkshakes. But if there's a line there, as much as I enjoy them, and as much as I'm looking forward to see peach milkshakes are available, I'm not going to stand in line for it. We don't like standing in lines. I don't do a lot of things because there's a line there. I just walk on by because I'm not going there. And, and, and like, like my computer, I have to wait on it for five seconds. So I'm like, need a new computer because instead of waiting one second, I have to wait five seconds. I get really irritated at that. And we, we right now, we want, our, we want our programs right now. We want everything right now. We want, I mean, if you have to wait, you know, more than five minutes on a burger to be cooked for you and brought to your table, you're like, 
I don't know if I'm going to wait around for that. And we get all antsy just waiting for a little bit for something that we really want. Something that we really need that we don't want as much as we need. Who's going to wait for it? I hope you heard that, heard that convoluted student sentence. We desperately need it. We don't want it near as much. So we're certainly not waiting for it. But it's what we need. I don't know why God did it that way. Because he knows us. That's why he did it that way. I can't tell you how many times, oh, I mean, I could venture a guess. But several times over the past 30 days, I have uh, listened to, saw posts, heard sermons, had conversations about, is this the time of the rapture? Sermons about the mark of the beast. Sermons about, is there a first coming or a second coming? Is there a second coming, but first a first coming? Are we at the end? Surely this is at the end. Multiple times I've been engaged in those kinds of questions. Let me say this, and you've heard it a thousand times. That may be hyperbole, but it's probably not far off. Jesus says in this text, now not Paul, not Thomas, not Brent. I'm just going to repeat it. Jesus said in this text right here, Acts chapter 1. He said to them, guys, and that they kept on asking him, asking him, are you going to do what we want you to do now? He said to them, okay, you're not going to know the times and the seasons and the dates. Because, now this is important, because the Father has put that under his own authority. When it uses the word his own, <clears throat> his own, it is a very strong personal pronoun, meaning, hmm, how can I say it? His very own, and he's not giving it to anybody. Jesus said, I don't know. The angels of heaven do not know. Only my Father knows. Now, that was in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 24. But here he says, guys, how many times do I have to tell you? The Father has put this under his own authority. It is not for you to know. You're not going to know. Get on with what I'm telling you to do. Be filled with the Spirit of God. So it doesn't matter when Jesus comes back. What matters is that's the Father's authority. That's the Father's decision. What's important for you is as you wait, be filled with the Spirit of God. Because you cannot accomplish, you will not be my witnesses. You might be witnessing, and we are witnessing every single day. But it might not be the right kind of witness if it is not endued and filled with power from on high so that we are filled with the Spirit of God. So no matter what we are doing, no matter what we're doing, like Peter stood up and preached, but he was filled with the Spirit. Peter travels in a way we don't quite understand, but he was filled with the Spirit. Later, Stephen was stoned to death, but he was filled with the Spirit. 
So it doesn't matter if you're, if you're plowing a field, if you're, if you're preaching a message, if you're singing a song, if you're, if, you're, if, if you're cultivating, if you're, I don't know, if you're working, if you're counting money, if you're, if you're teaching a class, if you're mowing the grass. It, it doesn't matter what you're doing. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you are being His witness. Man, see, let, me, let me wrap this up, try to, try to wrap it up and... and, and Nail it down. See, when Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, the first thing we say is, how are we going to do that? That's what we say. Because we want to know what, what you want us to do. That's, what, that's, that's, that's just a natural response. Well, how, how are we going to do that? You notice Jesus says, he didn't say, you will go do witnessing. That's what we would do. Okay, you want us to be, what do you want us to do? Forget about that. The very sentence, you will be my witnesses. See, if you're filled with the Spirit, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, within the premise of, of actions of, of the kingdom of God. Obviously, if you're robbing banks, that's not a good thing. That matters. And this is so hard for us. I mean, it's really so hard for us. It's like a paradigm shift. It's like... Yet the Spirit of God has to awaken it. So if you're writing a paper, if you're mowing the grass, I, I know I just gave you a list of things. Those, things. those things are just things that we do. So if you're washing the dishes, if you're vacuuming the floor, if you're folding towels, if you're fixing a pipe, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're teaching a class. It doesn't matter. But as you are doing these things, be filled with the Spirit of God. And if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll just be His witness. Can you see that? But see, you can't, you can't have that unless you wait. And we don't like to wait. But they that wait on the Lord, you can just go through, you can do a, a search in your Bible or your Bible app. How many times does the Bible talk about waiting? I waited patiently for them. They that wait on the Lord. Uh, on and on again. Wait until, I don't want to wait. I'll give you five minutes. That's all I got. God, I'm going to kneel down here, but my knees bother me. So, you know, I'm going to sit here in this chair, but I only got 30 seconds. Can you do it in 30 seconds? No. I mean, he could, but he's not. And it's a big difference. He could, but he doesn't. But what he will do is he'll wait. He will fill you with himself. And then, when you're talking with your neighbor out on the street, or talking with the guy at the shop, or talking with a fellow teacher, and you're filled with love and with joy and with peace and with patience and goodness and kindness and long-suffering and gentleness. You're not doing them. You're just being them. You're just being that because the Spirit of God has taken up residence in your life. And, and when God comes in and, and, and fills up your life, He expels anger. Look, come on now. I'm almost done. If God fills you, this is why it's so important. Because what will happen is, if you're not filled with Him, other ugly stuff is going to come out. 
And this is, this is why our witnesses are really, really not so well. Because if we're not filled with him, Brent shows up. And when Brent shows up, it's not a good thing. So I need to be filled with him and be completely filled with him to overflowing so that the love of God is poured out into my heart and my life and my mind. And to and be a partaker, listen to this, a partaker of the divine nature. That's what the scripture says. We become partakers of the divine nature. So when you walk into the classroom, when you walk into the bank, when you walk into the church, when you walk into the business, when you're out in the yard we're talking with your neighbor, just like Jesus is there. It's like Jesus is there because he's filled up your life. He's filled, himself, he's filled you up with himself by his spirit. And so when you talk, Jesus is talking. When you hug, Jesus is hugging. When you smile, Jesus is smiling. When you give a word of correction, Jesus is giving a word of correction. And that's all the difference. But it is not going to happen. Please hear me. Please hear me. It is not going to happen if you don't wait. This is not going to happen. If you don't want it enough to wait for it, you're not going to have it. Oh, you'll have form. You'll have ritual. You'll have confessions. You'll have creeds. You'll have it all. But it's all just so much empty stuff unless it is filled by the Spirit of God. So my challenge for you, my challenge for you is to find, find, and I'm not going to prescribe for you how, because we're all so different. We all have different schedules, but whether it's in the early morning, you know, when I was younger, that was like telling a dog to eat, I don't know, squash. Maybe dogs eat squash. I love squash, but I don't think Sophie does. If you told me I had, if that was the thing that I had to do, I would have to use the most discipline in the world when I was 25 years old to get up early in the morning and try to engage God. I would have been laid out before the Lord asleep. And that doesn't count. Unless the flesh is just given completely out and you can't go anymore. That's a different deal. I can't say it strong enough. I can't say it powerfully enough. The Spirit of God has to speak to us, and we have to be listening to Him. And there are many, many other voices that come and try to snatch that out. Well, I would do that, but... Now, I'm telling you, it's not going to have it. It's not going to be there. Jesus said, if you, if you knew what treasure awaited you, you would go sell everything you had and go get this pearl. And you would buy it if you, if you just knew. This is what I'm trying to talk to you about. We just don't know enough. I don't mean that in the sense of academic learning. But a sense of life experience and walking with God and trying to do His will and trying to do His purpose. As Phineas F. Brzee said, if I knew I had only... 10 years to minister I would prefer to wait 5 years before I open my mouth to be filled with the spirit of God because more will be accomplished in the last 5 than in the previous all 10 trying to act and trying to do and trying to serve and trying to minister without the spirit of God 
So I don't know what you have to do. You specifically. I've learned that I have to sit quietly before the Lord for a good period of time. A good, about five minutes. I mean a good period of time. When you got little children, I don't know how you can do it. You got a sick baby and work and married to John. How does the world does that happen? You know? But we all have to find it. There's nothing that can compare to it. There's nothing that can replace it. But you yourself will be a new person. You'll process life differently. You'll feel differently. You'll speak differently. You'll be compelled. Now that takes a lot for me. Because I'm generally not compelled to speak in public except for as a vocation. to speak and to be Jesus otherwise Brent will show up just yesterday, was it yesterday? maybe Friday we went to I think Lowe's and there was a, a black guy there and he was unloading a cartload of timber I thought man, you know, that's a lot of timber for one man to try to put in the back of his truck so part of me said eh, don't bother him, he don't want to be bothered But I just felt compelled, you know, be what you want to see. And I felt the Spirit of God. I just felt, be. Even if he doesn't need your help, at least he knows you're willing. So I just walked across the parking lot there and I said, hey, can I help you load up that stuff? Thank God he didn't need any help. I'm say that in a funny kind of way. Because it's a lot of timber. He said, no, man, I got this. I got this. I so appreciate it, though. But I saw his eyes, his eyes light up. They just got like... Wow. I mean, we're just going through all this, and you, a white guy, coming across the parking lot to help me put lumber in my truck? Thanks, man. Thanks. But now I, I got this. I got it. I said, Are you sure? See, it was just a moment. It was just a kind act, but a kind act accompanied by the process of the Spirit of God, the presence of the Spirit of God, does a transforming thing that I may never see. See, it's anything about me. It's like God is on the move, God is acting. I'm just trying to be God's servant in the world and I'm not in control of it. God is acting. God is moving because God is inside and he's moving and he's acting and he's restoring and he's rescuing and he's speaking and he's redeeming. Probably because I'm introvert and too selfish. If I hadn't been listening, I went, eh, he's strong. He's got this. Get in my car and leave. But just that sensitivity, just listening to a quiet voice almost never a scream almost never a loud voice almost always a whisper but that's why you have to be quiet so you train your spirit to hear his spirit so when he says shut up you shut up when he says speak even if you're an introvert you try to speak no magic formula they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings of eagles. Let's stand. That, that always helps me to stop. Now, I've, I've, I've shared with you what's, what's on my heart. It isn't anything you haven't heard before.
you know how as a mom or dad and you just you yearn so bad for your son or your daughter to make good decisions. You just want to see them do good. You just want to see them excel. You know what? They make decision A as opposed to decision B. You know because you have history and time and wisdom and age and you know son, daughter, just make this decision. Just go this way. It's such a better way. That's how I feel. And I can't make, my children are all grown. I can't make them do anything. They all live on their own. They all have choices to make. But I still have that yearning inside. Son, daughter, choose this way. See, that's what the Spirit of God is saying right now to us. Choose me. Choose me. Set with me. Linger with me. Wait for me. Wait, wait for me. Wait for me. Lord Jesus, forgive us in our hurriedness. Most of us have been trained well what to do, where to go, what to say. We just compound that, compound that with the activity of the movement of God with our lives. How much brighter the light will shine. How much more effective the witness would be. How much more greater could we influence our world. Hear us, we pray, and help us to wait. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You're good. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.